0: everyone. Welcome back to the Crucial Talks podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sedam. Here on the Crucial Talks podcast, we talk a lot about how people make decisions and how they make sense of the world around them. We talk about the identities people adopt and how the identity is important at the time. That's what drives what you do in a situation. We also talk about people as social storytelling animals, that we tell stories as a way to fabricate reality within ourselves and with each other And because these stories affect our emotions, they also affect our decisions. Today, we have a special guest that has a great story to tell, and her story is one of transformation, realization, and acceptance. Our guest today is Nicole Carlson. Hey, Nicole, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me today.
0: So from what I understand, you're a lot like the rest of us. You were married with a home and a job. Can we start by hearing just a little bit about your history and how you went from the American dream to being homeless?
1: Okay, sure. Um, Absolutely. So uh, in my 20s, I basically didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but I just kind of followed the blueprint that society gave me. And went to college, and then out of college, I got married, got my MRS degree. If you guys don't know what that means, it means I got married, <laughs> and then um, I got into software engineering. And I, you know, I had the house, the husband, the the perfect career, and I was miserable. I was really, really unhappy, and. I stayed for a really long time because I didn't know what was making me unhappy because from the outside looking in, it looked as though I had everything, but on the inside I felt so empty and I felt like I was missing something and I longed for that passion. And so I didn't know what to do because you, what, what else do you add? Right. And so I, I stayed for 12 years, and it was about the time that my mom passed away from cancer that I realized that life was really short, and I can't keep living this way, and that I had to make a decision, and so I ended up getting a divorce and selling my house, and then not long after that, I ended up quitting my job, selling my car one hour later. And the next day I was on a one-way ticket to Spain and I traveled on and off for about 10 years. But during that time I got to a point in my life where I was homeless and this was in England and I was homeless and eating out of dumpsters. And that's how, that's how I got to being homeless. But it was it was really it was really about a money mindset issue. It was about I didn't want to be defined by money. I felt like money was coming in between my ex-husband and myself and I was very angry at money. And so it, that took me on that course to where I was homeless, but you know what? I was actually finally happy.
0: So you, seems like you made a pretty big transition, and one of the things we talk about on this podcast is how people actually change themselves, and we talk about how people can put themselves into new category, kind of like adopting a new identity that they use to guide their behavior. So I'm wondering, can you tell us about a defining moment, because it seems like there's a lot of them, but a defining moment in your life when you changed the way you saw yourself and what that actually did to change your life?
1: Well, I think it was and when I was standing in line at a soup kitchen and I looked back at my life and I said, you know, I, there was a time when I had it all and I was unhappy and now I have nothing and I'm totally happy and fulfilled, but this is not how I want to live my life. But now that I know what it takes to be happy and that I can be happy and fulfilled with nothing, I can go back and create the life that I want knowing how to be happy. And so obviously I did not stay homeless and I did not stay at eating out of dumpsters. I, ended up moving back to Texas after that and starting to re started to rebuild my life. But it was really that moment when I realized that I didn't have to make a choice between like being homeless and or having money, but that the choice was really to be happy.
0: It sounds like it's a lot of mindset. And so you decided and here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing you decided to transform yourself early on. You became homeless <laughs> as a result, but then you decided, you decided, you made the conscious decision to transform yourself again, and so what it, what it comes across to me, and I haven't really talked about this on Crucial Talks before. I've talked about trust a lot as part of teams and groups, but it sounds like what you did took a lot of trust in yourself, and the reason we talk about trust on this podcast is because trust allows you to put all of your energy toward outside threats instead of just protecting yourself from threats within. And because this is kind of the first time we've talked about trust within ourselves, what do you think actually keeps people from trusting themselves and stepping into what they need to do for themselves? How do they get outside of that, that box that keeps them locked up because they don't trust themselves?
1: I think for a lot of us, we are taught to, um, you know, to look for outside validation, to look to our parents, to look to society, to follow the blueprint. And that we really look for that outside validation. And so in our society, we're taught to sit down, shut up, do as we're told, follow this successful blueprint, and you'll be happy. And so then when we So we're taught not to trust ourselves. And so then when we actually try to do something that we want to do and follow our heart and trust ourselves, we come across failure. And then people, people, maybe the society, maybe we look at that and we're like, well, obviously if I trust myself, it's unsafe and I'm doing something that is not maybe, maybe not the recommended way or something that I want to do. And so we kind of play back into this, not trusting ourselves because it's not, it's not what other people think we should do. And it's, it's, it's not the safe way. And so we kind of build on this, this, this trusting other people. And then we get like lower self-worth and lower self-confidence and so we just end up doing what I did where you, you follow somebody else's blueprint or somebody else's idea of what you should do for your life
0: so then how do we tell the difference between the two
1: well I think that when you don't follow when you don't trust yourself and you don't follow your heart, and you don't listen to yourself, I think that creates, well, I know for, for myself, and for a lot of my clients, it creates anxiety inside of us. And we have, you know, anxiety, stress, anxiety, overwhelm, and fear, and it comes up, and we live our life like this. And usually, we put Push those feelings down. And so if you're having a lot of those negative feelings where you feel like you should be like you you want something different than what you're actually doing or what you're actually doing isn't giving you that inner joy, that inner peace, that inner fulfillment, then it's really so it really comes down to what are you feeling inside and are you are you happy? So that's how you kind of, that's how you, this is a long way around this question, but that's how you tell the difference. Are you feeling that anxiety when you go to that maybe software engineering job where you don't, you're not happy like I was, or are you feeling that joy and excitement in your life? Um, when you, you know, do you start that business or when you're with your, your partner or whatever your, it is you're doing, what kind of feelings are coming up inside of you? And are you listening to those feelings?
0: Great. So we're, we're really talking about trusting yourself to try to, uh, to, and help me understand cause I'm kind of doing this for my own benefit too, because we get like, we get into these modes where We're in our jobs and we're comfortable. How do we Mm -hmm. trust ourselves to – I mean you went – you were homeless and happy. So a lot of us that are in these lifetime careers with retirement and medical and all of that stuff, how do you – how did you take that first step to realize you needed to do something different?
1: (sighs) The way I did it was, or the reason I did it was because I had let the pain build up so much inside of me. And then I had that event where my mom passed away and she was only 47. And usually we just sit there in pain and keep pushing down these feelings for a really long time. Um, But you don't have to wait till something happens. If you sit, and listen to yourself, and you do meditation and journaling, and you're really honest with yourself. Uh, then you can come to that place where, where you start to make shifts instead of jump ship, <laughs> <laughs> and so it can it can be a lot easier for other people. So when I work with my clients, let's just say I. I don't have them jump ship like I did. I take that lesson and apply the same kind of like the same things that I learned to their life so that they can stay in that relationship and have that passion because what it is they don't want maybe necessarily want to jump ship on their relationship or their job, but they want to be fulfilled. They want that inner passion. They want, or that inner peace and that passion. So it's really the feelings that we're going for. And a lot of times we can stay where we are and shift. And so one, it takes, you know, knowing and trusting yourself, but two, it, it does take sometimes a lot of times somebody to, to guide you on this because, again, we're used to looking outside of ourselves for that external validation.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So and that was where I was kind of getting even for my own selfish wants. So you're basically saying, hey, look, you don't have to totally change your job. You don't have to Mm -hmm. get out of a relationship. You can use tools to make a shift to transform your life. And we're talking about the feelings and the emotions that people use to make decisions. Is, am I hearing you right? Exactly. Exactly. That That is great advice. Um, so here's what I'm hearing, that once you believed in yourself, once you trusted yourself, you started to do some pretty incredible things. So you, you talked about it earlier. You traveled the world for 10 years. I mean, that's a long time. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, how did you finance it? And then... Did those experiences change your identity and your character and, and how did that how did that apply to you and the success you're now having with that 10 years of, of travel time?
1: Uh well, honestly, it, it took a long time to build that trust in myself. It took a long time to know what I was capable of. So that travel um, really helped me figure out who I was. I traveled alone. I traveled with people and I, I you know, I did all sorts of things that I never would have done had I stayed in one place. And then the way I financed that was I kept coming back to software engineering and doing contract jobs and then going back and traveling again in between contracts. So I, I, I was really still, you know, I was still afraid to make that that cut on the software engineering job. I was still afraid to uh, I still didn't know myself well enough to know what I wanted to do in my life and to maybe like get out of software engineering, which I hated. But I learned to do to trust myself more. And then near the end of the 10 years, I started, I came back and I started building my business because I knew myself well enough. But um, it was, I mean, you know, I'm still learning to trust myself. I think that there's something that we, we go through our entire lives because we're always changing.
0: And I think that's another piece of great advice. Because again, I'm hearing all these great nuggets from you. So you were still afraid, but you made the change yes. you needed to, and you continue to evolve. And you're still like the rest of us, I think all of us have fear and fear causes certain behaviors because it's an emotion. Uh, but so does trust. And so does understanding yourself. So you also said still learning. And I wanted to add this in here because we talk about this a lot on the podcast is how important learning is for organizations. But you alluded to how much you learn about yourself. How important is that for yourself and for your clients to to get that mindset that you're never done, that you're constantly learning?
1: It is so, so important because a lot of times we think that this is a sprint. We try to microwave our success. And you can't do that because, because that's that, <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. And so, if you go with the mindset that it's about the growth and it's about you always growing and learning, then then your focus is different. If you go about the mindset where you just have to get to that end goal, that financial goal, that trophy, whatever that is at the end, then you feel, when you get there, you feel really empty and you're just looking around thinking, what else? Is this all there is? I thought I I would feel different now.
0: Yeah, and I think most of us, can understand that because we, you know, we've all been there where it's, it's not about the, the location you get to, but kind of about the journey and that makes it more fulfilling. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's the constant growth that gives you that, um, that reward every single day if we're looking for the reward at the end, then you're going through their whole journey without being happy, without enjoying that. And I know you hear like enjoy the journey all the time, but how many of us actually do that?
0: Absolutely. So the traveling that you did kind of gave you that, that transformational process because you were enjoying the journey. But besides traveling, I hear you also started competing in bodybuilding. How did that start?
1: Well, I have been doing uh, – I've been weightlifting for about 15 years. I started in my 20s, and it was always kind of my thing. I always loved it. And a few years back, I i was in the gym with this, one of my friends, and she – She had a similar body type and she was like, had the same kind of motivation that I did. And she said that she was going to do one. And I was, I thought, you know, she's not that different than I am. Well, she can do it. I can do it. And so then I started competing. And I think that is the thing there that's really important is to look at the people that we hang around with. Because... It impacts our belief in ourself which is our trust in ourself and if we are hanging around people that are up leveling us or up leveling then we're going to up level as well as because of a natural you know natural like the naturally next the natural next step right
0: absolutely so you know, one of the things we talk about is how people are social animals. And did you find yourself being able to do more with your bodybuilding because you had that friend with you or any other support system? So you weren't in it by yourself?
1: Oh, gosh, Mike, uh, support system is so, so crucial. Uh, absolutely. I, I, the first bodybuilding competition I did, I was a wreck. I was a mess because I didn't get a coach and I just kind of tried to do it all myself. And I think a lot of us try this, but what happened was I ended up spending about three to five hours every single day on the computer researching and then every single day changing my workouts, changing my diets kind of hoping that I would make it. And at the end of the, in it's 12 weeks. So that's 12 weeks of hell that I put myself <laughs> through. And at the end of it, I did not place. And then the second bodybuilding competition that I did, I got the support. I got a coach. I got a diet. I followed that and it made all the difference. And I won third and fourth place out of 300 people. And I thought, wow, I had so much peace of mind because I, I only had to go to the gym like less than an hour and a half a day, which before I was at the gym like twice a day for two, two or three hours. Um, so it was it just made things so easy. I knew exactly what to do. It was so much less time and it was it just kept me motivated. And now I carry that same concept in my business and my relationships and, um, and in this bodybuilding competition. And so I do have the coaches. I do have the, the, the mastermind that I'm a part of, and I do have accountability partners. I am, I know that to go as far as you know, to go as far as you want to go, you have to have that support because everyone goes through these days where you just feel like the world is crumbling around you, even if maybe nothing, maybe nothing even happens, but you're just having an emotional day. Right. And, and you need that support for someone to tell you, hey, you know what? You're still on track. This is just a crazy emotional day that you're having. And to, you know, to just check in with. And it, it just saves you so much time and mental energy than if you try to do this alone.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like no, not only do we need to surround ourselves with people that up-level us, but sometimes we need people around that can level set us so that we don't talk ourselves into an area where maybe we don't trust ourselves anymore.
1: Exactly. And we're so good at that because we have these negative thought patterns in our head all the time.
0: Exactly. So. <laughs> so. Uh, let's stay on the bodybuilding for a second here. So to keep with our theme of this entire the, – the whole purpose of this podcast is really we talk about how people can adopt new identities and self-categorize to change their behavior, maybe change the behavior of others. We use that that term identity pretty loosely. It's kind of like a role you adopt or you create a model to follow. What would you say the role was that you adopted and what behaviors went with that role? to lead you to be a a competitive bodybuilder, not just to be one, but to actually do well at it?
1: I think I just remember this day where I was six weeks out. So I was starving. um, And I had done my gym. Uh, workout and I was in the gym again because I was I had you have to practice walking in heels and I was exhausted and I was alone in the gym and I just had this negative thought that said you're not gonna win and and it said you're not that girl because I was never the girl with the hair and the makeup and the like I literally learned to walk in heels at the age of thirty nine, so this was this was <laughs> this was all kind of this glamour stuff was all new to me, and I had that thought: "You're not that girl." And then my mind snapped back, and it said, "You know what? You do. You're you're doing the diet. You're doing the workouts. You're doing everything that you need to do. You're following the plan. You have the coach." And you know what? If you want to win that sword, you are that girl. You have to be that girl. And that was a huge identity shift for me because it just changed the way I looked at myself because I never felt good enough. I never felt like I was good enough to win. And then I realized, of course, I'm good enough to win. I'm doing everything it takes to win. And it it changed everything. It really did.
0: So what you're saying is nothing around you physically changed, but your mindset and your perspective and the lens you put on did change.
1: Right. Absolutely. And it changed the you know, it changed the way I showed up after that, you know, because I was that girl? So of course, when I, you know, walk into the gym, I'm I'm that girl, you know. And when I walked across the stage, I was that girl, because it, it just the, that mindset changes so much for for someone, you know. It changes everything.
0: Wow, absolutely. Because one of the things we do talk about here, and you hit it right on the head, is The identities that we choose to adopt and we can consciously make those decisions actually impact how we make sense of the world around us. And in your case, nothing had changed around you, but your mindset changed and that made everything else come into focus. Absolutely. So it obviously worked for you, but do you think this process could work for others even if they don't say they don't want to be a bodybuilder? (laughs) but say they want to try something new. Do you think the process you used for bodybuilding, do you think that could work for other people?
1: I know it could. I mean, I use this with my clients and I've seen it, you know, I've seen this with other people. The way we see ourselves is the way that we're going to act. You know, if you see yourself as, you know, a software engineer that's overweight and, you don't have any friends, I'm just using this because I used to be a software engineer, then that's that's the life that you're going to live. And if you see yourself as someone that's outgoing, that's how you're going to start to act.
0: Wow, I think that is uh, great advice and things that I think people that listen to this podcast understand, but it is so... So kind of good to hear it from somebody who has had such a a wide variety of experience has has changed not only their career but their relationships and their life and then their lifestyle with bodybuilding and and all the things that hey, you have done and been able to shift and overcome and then to succeed. It really has been this uh, wonderful story of a transformational process and how we as human beings can tell ourselves stories to actually make a change, a positive change in our lives and even the lives of others. I think it's it's awesome.
1: Thank you, Mike. Yeah, it's it's been quite a journey.
0: Well, um, that's about all the time we have. And Nicole, I want to thank you so much because of what you've been able to tell us, I think is extremely valuable to people. So one last thing would be, if somebody listening to this wants to get a hold of you, where can they reach you and then what do you offer to your clients how can people get help from you and how do they get a hold of you
1: oh well mike they can go to my website which is nicolecarlson.com nicole with an h or to my facebook and then on my facebook i have a page called flip the switch where i have a, a show a video show that I have guests on, uh, and they can get a hold of me either way. And then I offer coaching, and then I also have a free masterclass on my website called How to 10x Your Life and Get the Passion You Crave. So that they'll definitely want to get in, into that too.
0: Awesome. Well, I will throw links to those into the show notes for everybody so they can they can find you and contact you if they need to. And let me just say, you have such a great story to tell everyone about how to transform themselves and how living up to the identities we want for ourselves can lead to happiness. And so it doesn't sound like it's about the money, but it's about adopting and living up to these roles we want to play They give us esteem and belonging. And I just think you have an absolutely great story and can offer a lot to people that believe that because you have, not only do you teach it and you help people with it, but you lived it. And there's a lot to be said for that. So I really wanted to thank you for being on the show and uh, we hope to talk to you again.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Mike.
0: Thanks again for listening to that episode with Nicole Carlson Please reach out to her if you have any questions, and as always, you can reach me at www.crucialtalks.com if I can answer any questions or speak to your organization. Thanks again, and remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people.